to another episode of Remote Learning Now, where we're talking to two fantastic women who are ADEs and part of the UAE uh, group of educators out here. We are going to be speaking to Cheryl Haney, who is a curriculum coordinator at the American Community School in Abu Dhabi. Welcome, Cheryl. Hi, thank you, Philippa. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Um, yourself? Sure. Um, I've been in the UAE for seven years. Um, I just recently uh, left Dubai and came to Abu Dhabi to the American Community School, where I'm the curriculum coordinator um, for the elementary school. Fantastic. And we also have Lauren Angarola. Um, Lauren is an innovation coach at the GEMS American Academy School in Dubai. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure, yeah. This is my third year in Dubai at DAA. And prior to that, I was in China for three years. I am currently an innovation coach and I work primarily from K to five, um, full time out of the classroom supporting teachers. Fantastic, excellent. So um, today we're going to be looking at how adapted we have become to the remote learning and what we've been able to reflect on and uh, specifically how we can help use technology to be able to facilitate the change and the changes that we're making um, over our remote learning period. Because obviously, especially here in the UAE, we've now had it confirmed that we won't be going back to school this academic year. So how... um, I guess, let's start from the beginning. What was your initial remote learning approach at your school? Um, Well, at American Community School, we were in a bit of a different situation as we had changed our school calendar previously to reflect spring break the first week of March as we had given teachers um, other time off earlier in the year. So we actually found out that we were going to remote learning in the middle of our spring break, starting March, the 1st of March. Um, we thought it best allow this information um, to get to all of our families and teachers. And we started slow. So that very first week of March, we really just sent out all of our sign-ins, um, made sure, because we don't take our devices home in elementary school. So we made sure parents could come to school um, at given times to collect devices so that every child would have a device at home and just allowed them to have that week to get used to working on their school devices at home. So that first week was a very slow rollout. Um, We are now just completed our fourth week where teachers are now up and running, um, but we did a very slow approach. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I think... From everything that I've read about, um, especially obviously the schools that initially uh, began remote learning uh, when it was kind of thrust upon them uh, with no warning, really, um, the first kind of 10 days are, are really the worst part of that. How about you, Lauren? How, how did your school approach it? Um, so we were a little different than um, Cheryl's school because we were kind of in the same boat as the rest of the, most of the schools in the UAE where we had our spring break moved. Um, and found out, you know, like a couple of days before. Um, so that first week of March was spent kind of planning and, and figuring out what platforms are we using? You know, what are the requirements? What's the day going to look like? And at first, um, it's kind of been 
the, I think part of it was we wanted to keep a little bit of routine and normality, particularly for the kids. You know, this is a big, I mean, it's a big shift for everyone, but you know, we wanted to try and maintain a sense of normalcy and feeling like kids had a little bit of structure to their day and a bit of routine. And also I think a big mm-hmm. part of that was making sure that we incorporated some sort of live aspect so that the kids could feel connected, not just to their teacher, but to each other. Um, yeah. 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 No, I definitely think that's, I, that's the kind of the way that we've been going as well. I think we kind of um, have ended up doing a little bit of a mixture of the two of you really we we started out quite slow we didn't want to I guess put a lot of pressure on our parents that they had to be logging in at a certain time um we have a mixture of, of different abilities and kind of late adopters and early adopters of, of technology in in the school that I work at at the moment and um and it's been really interesting being able to kind of upskill and develop that but also developing the parents as well so I guess from both of those approaches, how have your how's your school remote learning changed since the beginning? So obviously, um, Cheryl, you've been doing it for a little bit longer, but Lauren, over the last two weeks, um, how how's your remote learning changed? So we kind of kept our first two weeks as is, just to go with the plan that we had shared with families, and now I think we've kind of realized that we need to be flexible and there are some things that kind of came out just from, I know our school is collecting parent feedback weekly um, and taking that into consideration when we reevaluate what we're doing. Um, And like one of the changes that, you know, I didn't even think of, I'm not a parent, so I didn't even think about this, but was the lunch times that having the like break in the day for like, here's your lunch break. Every division was different. And if you've Mm. got kids in three different divisions, that's really hard to coordinate all of that while you're at home and likely working. So one of the things that they changed was having like, everyone's got a lunch break from noon to one now. And that's like a time to be with your family, to eat, to be away from your screen. Um, And so just thinking of even those kinds of things, you know, what's the impact in the home? Um, I think also understanding that some parents may not be able to help their kids until maybe later in the evening. Um, So like you said, not just having live options available, but things that can be accessed later on. So all of our live lessons are recorded so that people can, those who aren't there can access later. There's, you know, teachers are producing mini lessons and other kinds of resources so that they aren't necessarily tied to a timetable if for whatever reason, particularly in elementary, parents can't support their child um, in in their learning during the day yeah definitely I think that's some really good points in terms of of similar feedback to what we've had as well um it's interesting you said about the the lunchtime I've not really thought about that but I think that's that's totally right but one of the biggest reflections for us like you say was was the parents who've got more than one child in different grades and and how you kind of support them to be able to so I guess not not feel like they're they're not doing it right I think a lot of parents are really feeling the pressure of like that they're just not doing well enough when actually I think really the the small wins are, are the things that they need to be really proud of that actually their, their children are still getting up and they're still in a routine and and are still able to do it um how about you Cheryl how's how's kind of week four been what's like what are the kind of things that you've changed that have been really impactful to your community um well similar to Lauren's experience we also are surveying our families to get information on what's working and what's not working. Um, We do it a little differently though, and we don't have live lessons other than in grade five, 
where children are more independent and able to sign in with or without parent help. Um, we have more of a task-based um, curriculum running right now where children can use Seesaw or um, Google Classroom to sign in and receive tasks from their teachers or watch videos from their teachers on how to do a task. So um, with the survey, we, we've been able to find out that a lot of our parents are actually still working. So um, we've, we've decided going into week five that we're all going to kind of take a deep breath as we've realized um, the news that just recently came out of it continuing to the end of the year. Um, our students really are suffering a big loss and really kind of going, going through a mourning period. Yeah. So we're taking on this fifth week as kind of a project-based week and really changing our tasks around and lightening the load for the children and the families as we all try to work through this news that was just given to us. Yeah, that's such a, a really lovely thing to hear as well because that's something really similar to what we're thinking about now that teachers are starting to feel a little bit more comfortable and a bit more relaxed with the idea of remote learning is actually how can we ease some of that pressure off I think their workload and, and their, their marking load as well, because um, I think it's really set different parameters out to what, what they've been used to in terms of being in, in a school and being face to face with those children. But but you're right, I think almost allowing children to have that time to to just have a little bit of a different focus. I was researching this morning how to make indoor gardens out of root vegetables without, you know, kind of thinking about those kids that would have like no soil because they don't have a garden because they live in an apartment and then having perhaps right. being able to use leftovers like tops of carrots and seeing if you can get them to grow and just trying to think a little bit outside the box about the way that we can kind of inspire them to want to keep learning I think that's kind of one of the biggest things as well um but also allow them to maybe collaborate with that and have you know lots of photos and and communication with each other so um, one of the ways that I'm kind of trying to do that would be through Flipgrid with that specific project, just to try and get them to almost be able to communicate with each other with their ideas and the progress and the things that they've come up with. Um, yeah, I guess that leads us in quite nicely as well to, so obviously we're all ADs. Um, how has Apple technology and teacher training before remote learning helped enhance the delivery and the outcomes of the remote learning? So I know that's something that I've just started at the school that I'm at. I started in January and, and we're, we're beginning on Apple Teacher. We've, we've made the decision that we're going to Apple um, as of September. And all of our devices primarily are, are Apple, but we do have a mixture and, and that's been quite hard. How, how has that worked uh, for you, Cheryl? What's, what's your school um, infrastructure like? Um, it's actually what I'm very excited about is I really think it jump-started us into a new routine that we weren't really in before. Even though we have, um, prior to this, we had shared devices, iPads in KG and grade one and grade two, and then three, four, and five all have their own laptops. Um, but this has put us in a situation where now every child has a device in their hands, which has just taken the learning to a new level. Mm -hmm. um, Previously, our teachers had um, some training, which was great, and they um, were really doing some great things. But moving to this remote learning, that first week we had in March when we were still allowed to come on campus, our tech department 
They're coming into every grade level and spending a half a day or so with each to really get their skills up there um, in order to make this more successful. And I feel like um, a bright side of all of this is all of our teachers have moved and progressed so much in this where I don't think we would have had this not happened to us. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we didn't have necessarily the luxury of being able to do that, but it's something that I'm planning on actually this week of launching our our kind of um, Apple teacher remote training uh, program and, and one of the great things I think as well is the things that we're going to be doing this week is we're going to be um, bringing out our, our remote learning Apple teacher program which allows teachers to use the iPad because not all of our teachers have iPads at the moment but we're going to distribute them to those that that don't have them so where we were going to be having to look at waiting until September to um, deploy staff with with additional resources and different iPads and, and MacBooks and things like that we're actually using the ones that are in school that are not currently now being used by students. We're redeploying them out to our, our staff to be able to upskill them. And um, and so one of the things that we're going to do is actually say, you know, once you've done a badge, we'd like you to share with the community of our school how you used it to give some other people some inspiration for that. Um, so we'll be setting up like a Google Classroom that's going to be all about CPD Um using apple technology which is brilliant and I, I think like you say what you've been able to do is kind of empower people before they've even started um by allowing them to have that training and and actually going to say to them whereas i think there's always been a bit of an excuse before is oh you know well when will i get to do it because i've always got x y and z to do in my classroom already they actually have to use it and so the the impact of that on your teachers cheryl is going to just be incredible i'm sure it already has been lauren Absolutely. how about you um in terms of, of training, obviously you became an Apple Distinguished School this year. Um, you've, I know you're, you make some incredible resources and, and I've seen lots of things on Twitter <laughs> as well. Um, how, how has the, the previous, like the prior training to, to remote learning helped you? Um, you know, I, it's funny because I've spoken to my colleagues at length about this as, of, as we've seen a lot of our friends around the world who are like, having to jump into online learning a lot of friends back in the U.S. and public schools telling me how you know they're completely unprepared and I think all of us have said that we feel incredibly fortunate and grateful that our school was pretty much ready to go um, mm. in a lot of different ways one in terms of devices our kids take their devices home not every day but you know it varies by grade but um, our kids are used to working on their devices at home. Our parents are used to it. Um, we have platforms already set up that allow for that like homeschool connection that we've been using for quite some time. So things like Seesaw and Google Classroom are already like really parts of our infrastructure. So we were really lucky in that regard and that our teachers know the basics very well. Um our teachers are used, and, and our students too, our students are used to doing and, and creating and learning on their iPad. So that part wasn't new. I think now, so the training that we've done previously obviously has, has helped immensely. And I think it has allowed our teachers to, I think now that we've kind of gotten over 
the first, like you said, the first 10 days are really hard. Um, and, you know, we hope it gets easier. But now that, like you said, we know we're in this for the long haul, we're in it for, till the end of the year. I think now our teachers at least have the foundation where they can start to think about how can we do things differently? How can we do something like podcasting, which normally happens physically in the classroom? You know, how can we do this outside of the classroom and because they're they were already doing things like they already knew how to podcast and they already knew how to get kids to create music in garage band that they don't need to think about those kind of basics that mm. now they just need to think of in terms of us not being physically near each other how can we get over that challenge um, yeah. which is a challenge everyone is facing but I think luckily our teachers just don't have the additional challenge of oh shoot how do I even just use my iPad or how do I create things like an animated like I had a teacher who was messaging me about how to um, edit some animations in her keynote so that she could make it a video and she already knew the basics of using keynote to create an animated kind of video movie Um, and I think we're very lucky in that regard that our teachers are still able to kind of push themselves in terms of their tech use but but because they want to, not necessarily because they're being forced outside of their comfort zone with technology. Yeah, that's definitely important. And I think this is the kind of, this is where everyone can get really creative and, and start to, mm-hmm. to really think outside the box with that. And, and you're right, like you've got such a great basis there that, that actually something like GarageBand, which initially can be one of the scariest things I think on the whole <laughs> iPad, actually becomes something really incredible and, and something really well worth using across curriculums and not just kind of benchmarking it for for music I know that obviously as ADEs we we probably use it and we probably push it being used a lot more but I know as teaching community that that actually perhaps that's one of the scariest ones for them to see so definitely um, if we have a look at so what are your goals moving forward so now as we've said already we're in this for the long haul so what are your goals moving forward do you have like a specific thing that you kind of want to start to begin to get teachers to focus on or is there a specific project that you have in mind that would be quite interesting um, to share and and then hopefully maybe we can see the outcome of um so for me and this is not necessarily a, a school goal this is I think more of me thinking of my role um I think one of my goals is one, I think to figure out how to continue to provide some form of professional learning to teachers. Um, We haven't yet crossed that bridge because I think right now we're just kind of trying to survive and make it through these first few weeks as we're kind of navigating this, this new situation. Mm. Um, But I think that's one of my goals is figuring out how can I support my teachers besides just being, you know, tech support right now as we get settled and what can I do to to help them still grow professionally um, while also not adding to their plate and making them feel like they have more to do yeah Um, I think another goal would be you know how are we how can we take this format of of learning and I guess kind of maximize the opportunity this unique opportunity that we have and I think um you know, my principal is, is very good at kind of always trying to find the, the, the bright side of things and trying to look at things from the perspective of, okay, we're, we're in this situation. Nobody is super 
stoked about it. We're all frustrated. We're all struggling. We're all personal lives, you know, have kind of been upended. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for everyone, but how can we take this situation and really make the most of it? And how can we use this situation to maybe try something new to do something that we wouldn't normally think of doing? And I think that will come as we get more settled and people are feeling more comfortable with, you know, this, this remote learning thing. I think the other goal I have is to consider and to remind myself, I saw this thing. Some, I don't remember where I saw it, maybe on Instagram, maybe on Twitter. That was, you know, we're not remote learning. We're not just doing online learning. It's not just that we are remote learning in a crisis, right? So reminding Mm -hmm. ourselves and making sure I'm doing what I can to keep that in mind when I'm supporting teachers, that it's not just remote learning, that it's remote learning in an unprecedented situation that is, that is affecting all of our lives. And I think keeping that in mind um, when we are, you know, trying to push ourselves and try new things, just remembering that it's okay um, to struggle and, and yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important because you're right. It, it's not something anyone could necessarily ever have predicted that would happen. And I think moving forwards, potentially, you know, there are schools that talk about how they may, they may well do this and trial it, you know, a week, a year, they may do a remote learning week um, and, and kind of just keep it so that nobody forgets, uh, how the best pra- practice is when when people are in this situation but you're right there are so many different variables that are going into this whole situation that actually we we do we almost need to just keep reminding ourselves like you say and and just every every time we feel that we're frustrated that actually there is you know the the bigger picture of you know it is frustrating it's hard but I don't think anyone's necessarily getting it 100% right I, I don't think anyone ever really does in education I think it's different for everywhere but um but yeah just to remind ourselves that actually it's not it's not a normal situation to be in Cheryl what about you what are your kind of school goals or your personal goals for this now that you know we're in the in the long haul yeah well I mean, as Lauren said it's definitely unique so um, just really trying to wrap our heads with around all of this and go forward and making it um, accessible to everybody and to allow everyone to be successful in this. Um, interestingly, we had our professional development in April um, on the 19th planned to be around um, creating virtual learning days for students in the um, 2021 school year so that when we did have professional development days at school, children would be working remotely from home. So I'd say we can check that off the box. We're going to be successful at that next year for sure. Um, And so I feel like um, our goals um, at our school are really now looking into the um, emotional and mental health of our parents and our students, um, making this sustainable as we have 10 to 12 weeks left of school. Um, how can this look? How how can we make it okay for our kids? You know, I, looking at our students, that the mother of a fifth grader, she's going to miss graduation this year. So, you know, there's some pretty monumental things that, that students will be missing. So as a curriculum coordinator um, and not having a classroom that I have to teach, it's allowed me this time to look into term four that we'd be entering in next week and see 
what standards we have, what still needs to be met for the rest of the year and how we're going to move forward and do that. And then see what next year will look like. We're actually already looking into next year as we need to prepare for when these children come back in September. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's going to be, well, quite a bit of catching up. And, and like you say, there are so many different things that are just going to be so different. I think about the children, we've got some children in, in year 11 who would have been sitting exams and then going off on, you know, and having their kind of and leavers um, assemblies and things like that. And and some of them were planning to go back to home countries and, and may never see their friends again. And it's right. thinking in the international community, it's almost it's, it's quite scary and I don't know my even my nephew in, in England he just goes to you know to the normal primary school he's in year six and he was really upset because he won't see his friends now and they go I mean in England they they literally separate into kind of up to 20 different schools across the, the county mm-hmm. and and he's you know he may never see those friends that he's been with for the last six years and it's it's quite sad um to think that that's kind of where some children really are and that can have quite an impact on them right um yeah so I guess um to to kind of finalize I feel like we're on a bit of a sad note now let's try and think about something positive <laughs> what advice would you give to schools who have recently implemented technology specifically Apple into schools but um perhaps haven't had time to embed uh what would you focus on so if if you're a school that's recently come in say this year into Apple technology what what kind of things would you tell their, their teachers to focus on as a as a core focus Cheryl um, I would say just learning how to use the technology to their advantage. Um, I've found that oftentimes we as adults are worried about it breaking or not working or, you know, ruining it somehow. And, you know, the kids today really don't know a life without this technology. And it really is pretty hard to, to ruin anything on the iPad. You usually end up making it better, I find. Um, so it just <laughs> of, of the freedom, just let it happen. And it's okay if it doesn't work the first time. You've actually learned something if it didn't work the first time. And, and those problem-solving skills have strengthened. And, and how can you fix what didn't work that first time? So, I mean, I would just tell teachers to, to just be okay with it and try anything without – put your fear aside, I guess. Yeah. It's really nice. Lauren, how about you? Um, I would say don't try and figure it all out at the same time. (laughs) Um, You know, pick one or two things you want to focus on. So focus on something like Seesaw, which is, or whatever equivalent you have, which, you know, is kind of crucial for a situation, whatever your learning management system or whatever. Focus on that and then maybe pick one or two additional apps. Something like Keynote is kind of like a, you know, a, catch-all for all kinds of activities and and projects and things you can do with it so pick one app and and just kind of run with it instead of trying to say I need to be an expert in all of them um, is one thing the other suggestion would be to get on Twitter yes, <laughs> um, so much on Twitter um, that you know people don't need to feel like they need to reinvent the wheel for all of this because one we're so lucky that a lot of other schools in Asia have been doing this now for, I think maybe going on nine weeks is what I've been seeing mm-hmm. on Twitter. People are talking about how they're finally on spring break. Um, and so they've got nine weeks of experience and resources and advice and wisdom about 
how this all works. And I think using that can be so helpful. It's been helpful for me. It's one of my greatest assets, I think, as an, as an educator is being able to go to that, go to Twitter, even if I'm just browsing, um, you know, I, it's a one way I share a lot of find and share stuff with my teachers. Yeah. Um, and it's a great way to connect with people all over. Yeah, I think that's so true as well. And I think people, I remember when I first started teaching, people would be so worried that they had to make it themselves. And there was always that kind of, you know, you, you can't have mine, you have to do it on your own kind of atmosphere. But I think actually, we need to remember that you're right, it's all out there, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. And I think as teachers, we, we reinvent it anyway, when we deliver it, it every teacher will do things slightly differently and I think just because the resource we use you know it meets the same standards across a curriculum so let's let's utilize that and and let's just kind of focus on the fact that that we're being able to take a strain off somewhere else by by enhancing it with with work that that some fantastic educators from across the globe have been able to do already um and it's it's nice to be able to reflect on on those other people who've and that for the fact that they are helping us to understand remote learning better as well because they've been in it for so long like it's great talking to Cheryl and hearing about how they've managed to progress into into week four and still survive <laughs> and and it's still going really well which is fantastic um and it does it things like Twitter they, they, it just gives you a bit of help to know that people are feeling the same people are feeling overwhelmed but actually there's there's resources and there's help out there which is it's excellent um, I'd like to say thank you both of you I've got your Twitter handles on the show notes here today so please do follow Lauren and Cheryl on Twitter and uh, keep up to date with all of the fantastic resources that they they produce and share with the community um, and thank you so much for ha- being on the thank show you. thank you ladies Bye. thank you bye bye, bye.